Hey, Valerie. Good to see you. Hey, Sam. How's it going? You know, just working hard, trying to solve things, making sure people are, I don't know, safe. That's good, good. Glad to hear that. I'm glad you were able to meet with me at Commonplace Books today. Yeah, of course. I picked up a couple of good books over, you know, on the other side. Super great stuff. Nice. What you reading? Yeah. uh, Cold Cases. And I also am reading something about, I don't know, like geoengineering. I don't know. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a reason I reached out to you today. I wanted to follow up on that drug lab I told you about. Right. We have actually looked into that quite a bit the last couple of months and just nothing, really. I mean... Nothing? Nothing. We found, like, uh, like hints of things, and then they just never come together, and I don't know. I, I really... Right now, it feels like a dead end, like the tunnels. I've looked myself, and I haven't been able to find the tunnel entrance again. Yeah. See? Dead end. I wonder, uh, I wonder if there are things that you find when you're doing kind of your podcast that you could just keep sharing information so that we can just keep it open and not have to shut down that case. Otherwise, my seniors are not going to let me keep looking into that. If I happen to find anything new, I'll be sure to pass it along to you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. How are things going with TSSN and your podcast and all of that? Everything's going well. I've been doing a lot of crime stories and different beats. Uh, Podcasts, we're kind of on hiatus right now. The professor is currently busy with teaching classes. We really haven't spoken, you know, since the underground incident. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. That's a lot of pressure. And he has so many regulations, too, and his side with the Polytechnic University. I heard recently there are faculty cuts. So it's probably not just that incident. It's, you know, life. Yeah, the producers are wanting me to get back with him once this summer comes up and kick off on season two. That sounds good. That sounds good. Do you think he'll be open to it or? Well, I don't know. He might be, but he might also want to do things on his own. Yeah, that happens. Sometimes you just get the bug to go solo. Yeah. Well, in any case, I hope he's doing okay. I bet he is. Well, it was good to meet up with you again. Yeah, you too, Sam. We'll have to catch up more often, and I'll keep you abreast of any changes in the case with the underground tunnels. But for right now, I haven't even noticed any wave increases of drug usage or anything that would even indicate that there's some foul play there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, Sam. That was my conversation back in late April with Detective Valerie James from the Oklahoma City Police Department. For quick reference, I've worked with Valerie in the past as a reporter and I consider her a friend. Shortly after our meeting, I sent an email to the professor about working on season two of Tales Unveiled. I got a reply back saying he was interested, but still very much busy with work. I didn't hear from him until May when I got this excited voicemail. Mr. Sexton, this is Professor DeRoot. I've come across some rather fascinating stories about Medicine Park in my research. I wonder if you're up for a road trip. Call me back. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff DeRoot. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled, where we explore ghost stories and urban legends. This 
This episode is brought to you by the Campus Ghosts of Norman, Oklahoma. No, not the actual ghosts themselves, although that would be really cool, but the book written by Jeff Provine, who suspiciously sounds a lot like Professor Jeff DeRoof now that I think about it. Anyway, buy the Campus Ghosts of Norman, Oklahoma anywhere you buy books. After some planning, the professor and I made a road trip to Medicine Park. Medicine Park was founded as Oklahoma's first resort town, and one of the unique aspects to this town was its use of cobblestones throughout their buildings. The professor couldn't get over how lush the scenery was in southwest Oklahoma as we arrived. I asked him if this was his first time visiting, and it was. I drove through the town, letting the professor get a look before we went to our first interview I had scheduled with Colleen at the Blue-Eyed Coyote guest house. Eccentric comes to mind when you see this bed and breakfast. It's a three-story house built on a hillside into comfy apartments. It wasn't completely covered in cobblestones, but it had its fair share. Colleen waved to us from the second-story patio as we pulled into the driveway. The professor took out a leather notebook from his briefcase that looked rather similar to the one he previously owned. Hi, Colleen. How are you doing? Great. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, as you know, this is my colleague, Professor Joff Root. That's Joff Root. Anyway, uh, we'd like to talk to you and get, kind of get to know you. So we're just going to start off getting to know a little bit about your bed and breakfast. Tell us about it. Um, I bought the Blue-Eyed Coyote guest house in 2007. And I've run it as a bed and breakfast or cabin rental for all these years, 13 years. Uh, I retired from Alaska last year, so now I get to do blown up breakfasts out on the veranda and the guests love them. So how old is this building exactly? Um, it was built between 1902 and 1907. Wow, that's pretty, an Around old building. 114 years. Oh. Uh, so why, what, what motivated you to open a bed and breakfast? I was working at Comanche County in Lawton as a nurse and I kept driving down through Medicine Park on East Lake Road and I found this beautiful house. And when you fall in love with something, you gotta have it. So now I own it and now I play with it. Oh, wonderful. So what do you like about Medicine Park? It's like the summer camp you went to when you were a child. All the adventures, all the activities, you've got boating and fishing and swimming and I have croquet, I have cornhole, you can do football in my yard. Um, Medicine Park has all the bands, uh, jazz, blues, sometimes rock in the park. It's just a quiet getaway. It's a quaint little town and it is, I believe, number one in Oklahoma now for the best little towns in Oklahoma. Well, the reason we wanted to talk to you was something not so quiet. We'd like to hear about your ghost stories. Uh, I'll hand it over to the professor who has, would like to ask you some questions about that. In the history of the house, uh, have many people lived here or is it more one single family? Many families have lived here through the 114 years. Is it a quiet past or more storied? There's quite a few stories. Hmm. So anything that would stick out from its history? 
Um, well, one guy killed his wife, and I don't know if he hung her out there in the front, but um, I'm thinking he did. So actually hanged her publicly. He, he did go to prison. Well, that's good. And I ended up buying the house from his ex-wife. Another one. Another oh, ex-wife. Okay. And she lived in the kitchen area where the table is over there. She was too scared to go into the bedroom and bathroom at night, so she would lock it with a padlock because there were so many ghosts in that back area. Did she say what was happening? No, she never mentioned it. You could only go there in the daylight. Wow. Hmm. So what else happens? What else happens? I had a housekeeper here, many, many housekeepers, but one individual, Serena Canny, has had many stories happen to her. She would bring the keys to the house, her phone, and set it over on the counter over here. And she'd go cleaning. The keys would disappear for the whole day, sometimes several days. The phone would end up on the other end of the counter, and there would be no battery charge left. Hmm. Another time, she was vacuuming in the bedroom. And the door slammed, and he unplugged, the ghost unplugged the vacuum. Unplugged the vacuum. So she's plugging it back in, and she's cussing at him. She goes, I'm done with your shit. Leave me alone. Because she had to vacuum. She had to get Mm -hmm. this place clean for the next people. Um, So the doors have opened and closed in in the bedroom. The keys have been missing several times. I have several stories about that. Hmm. Um, so one day she was way out back where those stairs were and she had a basket of laundry, dirty laundry. She laid the house keys on top of the laundry and ran up the stairs. She comes back down and the keys are missing. She searches the whole house, no keys. She brings her husband over here. They cannot find the keys, so they have to rekey the entire house before they call me and tell me. Mm-hmm. And the next day, she's over here cleaning, and the keys are sitting on the bar. Wow. So another day, the keys, she was keeping the keys close to her because she's, you know, these are getting expensive. Mm-hmm. And the ghosts are, they really like to aggravate her. They, they, they would get, they would rise up when she was in here. Is I'm, she still with you? Uh, I talked to her this morning. She, she gave me more stories this morning. <laughs> So another story, she was making the bed in this hummingbird right here. The keys were sitting on the sheet as she's making the bed. They disappear. She can't find them. She brings her husband over again. You know, it's the whole house keys. Mm -hmm. There's no keys to be found in the whole house. And the next day she comes over and they are underneath the bedspread completely beautifully made the bed Hmm. they're in the bed so did she make the bed or did she leave it unmade she had made the bed and there were no keys hmm so he does like to pick on her Mm -hmm. my daughter another story my daughter was staying here a couple years ago and it was the first time that I'd let them stay in here because they had two dogs. And they usually stay in the coyote den where I allow dogs. So they were all excited. They were watching TV, you know, just doing teenage. And 
my one grandson was eight and the other one was 12. So he's over here by the dining room table and a man walks from the kitchen all the way over to the sofa and disappears. He tells mom, mom, I'm seeing ghosts. And she says, oh, Ben, those are just shadows. And my daughter knows all about the ghosts. So she's just trying to play it off with the mm -hmm, eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Mom, he's all tall, dressed in black, and he looks just like Johnny Cash. So we've been calling him Johnny Cash ever since. At least, you know, we've always wondered, is it a girl? Is it a guy? Who is it? So do you think it's just one, or maybe there's multiple? Oh, there could be multiple. Hmm. Have you ever done in investigations on photos of people who used to live here? Maybe there's a connection between that figure and Johnny Cash? No, I haven't. Hmm. That would be a lot of digging, but I'm sure there's That a... would be a lot of digging. But sure. there is ancestry, there is Facebook. I could mm -hmm. work on that. Wow. Has anybody ever done any investigations with, like, recording EVPs? No, video? they've wanted to, and I didn't hmm. want them bringing more ghosts in, so I hmm. didn't let them. And they bugged me and bugged me. <laughs> we just want to set up for six hours, just six hours. And I'm like, no, I don't want your ghosts. And then she told me that, yes, she had ghosts at her house, and they tear all the clothes off the children's. They live in Lawton. Mm -hmm. They tear the children's closet off. Every Anything on a hanger comes down. Hmm. And I said, I don't want those ghosts at my house. Hmm. So those EVP people weren't, weren't allowed. I see. They have done other areas in town. Mm -hmm. What other ghost stories have you heard around Medicine Park? Uh, the plantation has quite a few upstairs. Hmm. I'm not sure about how much over by the old roller skating rink which is now the event center or the the old roller skating rink has a new name but there's ghosts over there the bonnie and clyde house has ghosts one one summer i took a ghost tour and they have them every now and then you pay five dollars and it's like a that was a pretty boring hike <laughs> Because I have more ghost stories here than than what they were showing us. Hmm. But we did stop at the plantation, and they told several stories there. And we went to the roller skating rink, which is now that, where they do weddings now. So do you want more stories of this house? Absolutely. Okay. Colleen took a moment to flip through her notes. She apparently had to gather her thoughts in advance as she had many stories to pull from. So when I bought the house in 2007, I would be working downstairs and I would hear somebody climbing the stairs. I would run outside, run the stairs, and nobody would be upstairs. Then, and that happened several times, mm -hmm. I would hear babies crying, one baby crying on the stairs, run outside, there's nobody in the side yard, nobody there at all. I've heard several babies cry. As we were remodeling, I know these aren't ghosts, but it is pretty interesting. I, we found a jewelry box in one of the attics, hmm. found three diamond rings, 
found um, lots and lots of treasures as we're ripping walls out. Wow. It's just amazing. Let me move on to another one. Uh, remodeling is said to stir up energies. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Especially in the bathroom area. The energies were really stirred up. I used to have a white dog. Mm -hmm. um, this house is called the Blue-Eyed Coyote, kind of named after her. So I was working in the bathroom, and she had come in to see me, and her hackles on her back reared up, and she backed out of the bathroom and would not come into the house for, oh, two weeks. The entire she, house? She stayed. She would come in the front door, but she wouldn't go in back there. Wow. Where the bathroom is. Hmm. And you didn't sense anything? Oh, yes. I could feel the energy. Hmm. I could feel it. And I'm looking at her, and I'm looking around, and I can't see anything, but I can feel the electricity in hmm. the air. Have you had an electrician look at your house recently? For what? Just anything unusual anomalies. It is an older house. Perhaps there could just be some bad wiring, not up to code. Well, yesterday the renter upstairs had me go up because all of her electricity went off. I did have to flitch, flip the switches on the fuse boxes. Yeah, and that was kind of weird. They've lived there for many months, and all of a sudden yesterday they flipped off. Hmm. Which I think there's a difference between yeah. a bad fuse box and mm. a dog being terrified. Right. Total different. Um, so my housekeeper found an uncharged phone on the counter. I called the renters that had left and they hadn't lost any phones. We never found who that phone belonged to. Hmm. Another renter couldn't find her phone when she left, and it showed up on the counter again, and we had mm -hmm. to mail it to Texas. <laughs> the batteries were dead, uh, but, you know, the phones, mm -hmm. he, likes, he likes the charge. Yes, power drainage is often seen in ghost LA activity. So I had two renters upstairs in the Roadrunner, two men, and they were staying two nights. They ended up staying three nights, and they heard thumping and clawing down here. Nobody was in this apartment. Clawing? Clawing and thumping and screeching. And they came running down the stairs and started looking in all the windows, and they could see nothing, and then everything stopped once they were peering in the windows. Hmm. So then the next day, the housekeeper came, and they... She didn't realize they were spending the third night. And they asked if they could come in and they looked through the whole house because they knew something was here. Mm -hmm. Just couldn't see it. Couldn't see anything. I've had some renters come specifically looking for ghosts. No, they, did. they were unlucky that day. Hmm. So very active, but doesn't seem to want to be found. Another time she was upstairs trying to light the propane heater, and her son was with her, who's about 30. You know, you have to get on the floor, you have to push the button and light it, and it wouldn't light, and it wouldn't light, and it kept blowing out, and it kept blowing out. They stand up, and she's telling him about the man that used to live upstairs with his girlfriend. And... All of a sudden, it lights all by itself. Woo! And it's lit. 
Hmm. That really freaked both of them out because evidently he didn't want her talking about him and his girlfriend. Hmm. Um, that would certainly freak me out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked about that. I think we've gone through all of them. Certainly no shortage. Let me... Colleen double-checked her notes for anything she may have skipped, but found nothing. She ripped up her notes and gave them to the professor for his research, which he placed in his notebook. Thank you, Colleen, for taking the time to talk with us. Professor, do you have any last questions to ask? Uh, yes. Do you know anything of the Iron Door? No, I'm quite interested. No, I don't. Mm. Yeah, what's this about the Iron Door? There is a legendary disappearing iron door said to be somewhere in the Wichita Mountains. Um, there's so many different versions of the story. The oldest saying that there were Spanish explorers who discovered a vein of gold and uh, kidnapped many of the local natives for slave labor and mined as much as they could carry. And they placed a large iron door over the cave and then they left and couldn't find it when they came back. I have caves behind my house. You have to do a little hiking, but there are several sets of caves up, up in the mountains here. Mm -hmm. Any with iron doors? No. We also have the treasures from Bonnie and Clyde, the James gang. Mm -hmm. They've got treasures all over here. Nobody's finding the treasures. Or at least reporting that they found the treasures. True, true. Hmm. Well, we'll keep hunting and come back and stay at the Blue-Eyed Coyote guest house. Before we left, we did a check to see if we still had our cell phones and keys with us. We did. Serendipitous for us, one of the guests at the Blue-Eyed Coyote guest house was the person behind the social media tourism group for Medicine Park. Thank you, Gary, for taking the time to talk to us. Could you tell us a little bit about what yourself and what you do here? Sure. I uh, have been coming here to Medicine Park since I was a child, so a uh, better part of half a century. And I uh, was here in the 80s when the creek was clogged with reeds and, and there wasn't a lot happening in town. Recently, in about three or four years ago, I began to think about how tourism could be uh, augmented and more people could discover Medicine Park. So I began a social media campaign uh, Discover Medicine Park, Oklahoma is the page, and we have about 20,000 followers, all uh, finding and discover, rediscovering the new Medicine Park. So what are things people can find and discover here in Medicine Park? Oh, 80 miles of trails for hiking and biking, trout fishing in the fall, history, an amazing amount of history, over 100 years. Uh, the town was founded on the 4th of July. So oh, we're about that. to celebrate rocking, rocking the park, uh, free music festival. A lot of people come to town for that, fireworks, and, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've heard you have quite the 4th of July party, but I didn't know it was founded on the 4th. That's new to me. There are quite a lot of parties that happen here. Uh, we have several music festivals uh, from the beginning of the year, uh, Polar Bear Plunge, where the townspeople, everybody forms a parade, puts on costumes, and jumps in the in Medicine Creek, Bath Lake. And uh, this year the temperature, water temperature was about 
balmy 49 degrees and yeah, we had several which, thousand people jumping in so uh, i would not be one of those people <laughs> well uh what are some of the other things people can do around medicine park restaurants hiking what are some specific activities uh amazing food and restaurants we have everything from uh, the old plantation which is an institution uh, huge chicken fried steaks plate filling steaks uh, they have a candy store they have a bar one of the oldest bars in Oklahoma uh, very historic and and interesting place you might have to check uh, that out for lunch also have a bakery we have uh, uh, street tacos. We have Cockeyed Bob's Cobblestone Cafe, which is a small place with huge food. Uh, so if you really want to get full, go there. Hmm. Um, we recently opened five new stores. There's 1908 Emporium, a souvenir shop, and Cobblestone Creamery, where they will they take homemade ice cream and will mix anything you want in it. So. Sounds like we've got quite a few options for you lunch do and dinner. For food. Well, I'm going to turn it over to the professor who has a couple more questions for you about Medicine Park. Could you tell us a little of the history of Medicine Park? Medicine Park began when uh, Elmer Thomas, as a young man, came to the area and saw a gorge that he thought could be dammed and create a water supply for Lawton. Lawton needed water, and he promptly bought land around it and decided to create a resort uh, below that dam. Uh, he began to develop that and later he became a senator, uh, Senator Elmer Thomas, uh, and operated the property. It was called the Jewel of the Southwest, America's first cobblestone community. Uh, rumors are that Bonnie and Clyde, Al Capone, uh, quite a few well-known gangsters and Hollywood stars came in those days, and it and families. It was kind of a place to meet and greet. Uh, a lot of wealthy families would come and swim in Bath Lake and enjoy their time here. With such a rich history, are there any ghost stories? There are certainly ghost stories. I've heard quite a few since I've been here. Um, of course. The Blue-Eyed Coyote is one of the oldest properties in town. It's a guest house, and I believe you've talked to them. Uh, the old plantation upstairs, reportedly a everything from a bordello at one point to speakeasy, gambling, uh, in Prohibition days. Um, and it's an interesting place to visit. Uh, you should go there. Uh, currently, it's in almost original state and uh, needs some repair, but it definitely looks haunted. Uh, whether it is or not, I'll leave that to you to judge. Sounds like we have a lot of investigations to do. I have one final question. Have you heard anything about the iron door? I have heard rumors that there is an iron door in the Wichita mountains somewhere with treasure behind it. Whose treasure? We're not really sure, but if anybody were to know, it would be our Medicine Park Bike and Hike Group. Uh, the moderator of that group, Stephen Pemberton II, has been over almost every square inch of these mountains. He's, uh, he's been to the Spanish Cave. And if anybody has seen it, it's probably Stephen. As we said our goodbyes, Gary gave us Stephen's contact information. With no more scheduled interviews, the professor and I ventured into town, visiting local shops in hopes we could get some on-the-spot interviews. 
we tried several places with no luck. We had also reached out to the owners of the old plantation restaurant since we had heard so many things about them, but we later found out that they were on vacation at the time of our visit and thus we weren't able to schedule an interview with them. When it seemed like we were going to get any more interviews, we stumbled upon the Branded Bear. My name is Penny Sanders and I'm the owner of the Branded Bear in Medicine Park, Oklahoma. I'm Jenny Lansden, the manager. First of all, tell us a little bit about your business. We are a Native American Indian store that we've been here in Medicine Park for about nine years now. We feature approximately 25 different Indian tribes, including some of the Oklahoma tribes. So when people come visit, what can they expect to find? We have very, we have something for everyone actually in every price point. We have jewelry, we have pottery, we have purses, a little bit of everything. Has anything strange ever happened here? Yes. This store has had some very peculiar things that go on and um, it's been pretty consistent since we've been here at the store. We have had kachinas that move, we have storyteller that are hand formed, made out of pottery, and they have moved as well. One of my local artists is actually our consultant when these things happen on what we should do about it. What does she tell you? Well, it depends on the situation because different things permit you have to do different things. Like for example, with the storyteller that I have that's, that is currently moving, you know, I was instructed to put salt around all my doors, but to leave one to two inches at each door in case something bad wanted to get out. Do you feel any bad energies? No, or? I've okay. never felt anything bad here. Hmm. Um, in fact, when she has been here, Salita herself, she has felt different things in the store, but they've not been bad. Because she said, if they're bad, you're gonna know it. They're gonna hmm. let make their presence known to you but I've never had anything bad. How much do they move? The one we have right now has moved probably about two and a half inches from where it originally started. And it's not a cabinet we get in very frequently because not very many people understand storytellers. So we don't really have a reason to open it up often. And our kachina that moved, it significantly moved. It got jumped up on top of the beans and moved almost three inches out of its original spot and like I'm obsessive about things I am constantly checking the showcases so we noticed that immediately we're like hey that is not where it belongs so yeah it was interesting is anything else moving around them or is it just no usually when there's movement like that is it is attempting to communicate something to you okay and that's where I go to Salita for help because I don't know what it's trying to say. I am not Native American. She interprets it and at times have cons has consulted with others to see what is the meaning, what is it trying to say. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, because the, the one that she's consulting with right now, it was really strange because there was a little fine layer of dust because I hadn't been in there to dust lately and there was actually marks in the dust and neither me or her had even opened that in weeks, like weeks. So that's why she's told us to salt everything and she's consulting with an elder right now. Hmm. And since all of our stuff is Native American made, we want to make sure that we're doing everything right. So we always contact Salita. 
So what could they be trying to say? Sometimes it has to do with something going on either with those of us in the store or within the store, that there's something going on. Or even who could have, like for the person who made it, yes. you know, it could be something to deal with the artists themselves because, you know, when you make something, you put a little bit of your energy into it. So it's just one of those things. Have you heard any stories about the Iron Door of the Wichita Mountains? No. Mm -mm. What stories have you heard around Medicine Park? I've heard that the old plantation has some paranormal activity, especially on the uh, underground tunnel area that they built for the prohibition. And then um, the music hall. I've been in there. I used to work over at old plantation and I was helping set up for an event over at the music hall. And I was in there all by myself and like three or four chairs just fell down. They were all folded up at the table and they just got knocked down. I was, I was out of there super quick though. I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm leaving. That's about all I know about any other places in Medicine Park. Shortly after we wrapped up our interview at the Branded Bear, we heard from Stephen, who agreed to meet with us inside the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge, which will explore that and the parallel forest in our next episode. I'm Sam Saxon, and you've been listening to Tales Unveiled. Unveiled is a production of the show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank our guests for sharing their stories with us. Colleen Meridian of the Blue-Eyed Coyote Guesthouse, Gary Gregory of Discover Medicine Park, Oklahoma, and Penny Sanders and Jeannie Lansden at The Branded Bear. This episode also features the vocal talent of Christy Boone as Detective Valerie James. Also, a special thanks to Commonplace Books in Oklahoma City for hosting the detective meeting scene. To support this podcast and get bonus content, visit www.talesunveiled.com. This episode's advice comes from Winston Churchill. Danger gathers upon the path. We cannot afford, we have no right, to look back. We must look forward. <laughs>